This is Science Friday, and I'm Kathleen Davis. And now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is KER St. Louis Public Radio Iowa Public Radio News. Local stories of national significance. 20 years ago today, professors and students from Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, California, sent an invention into space for the very first time. It's called a CubeSat, a very small satellite that changed space research forever. And it's what many people call the cheapest way to access space. The technology has become so ubiquitous in rocket launches that it's sometimes hard to keep track of just how many CubeSats are sent into space every week. Reporter Michelle Loxton followed the history of the CubeSat for a recent episode of her podcast, The 101, that's out of KCLU Public Radio in Thousand Oaks, California. Welcome back to Science Friday, Michelle. Thank you, Kathleen. So describe the CubeSat for me. I mean, what does this look like and what does it do? So a CubeSat is the shape and size of a squared tissue box. From the outside, it looks like this miniature metal box or cube, and it contains all the things you'd find in a satellite, electronics, sensors, and all sorts of systems. In terms of what it does, this is so diverse. It all depends on what science a CubeSat is sent into space to do. Take imagery, send communications, or perhaps even test new technology. They all look like these tiny cubes when they're sent into space, but once they're pushed out of the rockets they were hitching a ride on, they transform. They can be these solar panels opening up. They can be solar sails. When they're in orbit, they all look different. So when the CubeSat was created 20 years ago, what problem was it meant to solve? It all starts with Jordi Pugswari, a now-retired professor from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. He was teaching students who wanted to be aerospace engineers. But the problem was that the space hardware they were working on was not ending up in space. You see, none of the rocket owners were very keen on putting student satellites on their billion-dollar rockets. And if an opportunity did come up, it was just too expensive. So Pukswari, with the help of another professor, Bob Twiggs at Stanford, said, we need to solve this. The students who will be the future aerospace engineers need to work on space hardware. So they said, what if we create something super small? They thought there must be like a tiny space on a rocket we can fit our satellite. And Mm -hmm. being so small, it won't be as expensive. Then they had to quell the fears of the rocket owners who didn't want this tiny satellite being a risk to their whole mission. So they made a satellite a risk containment mechanism, meaning all the risk is contained within the cube. If something goes wrong, it won't come out of the cube. And that Mm. is how the CubeSat was born. And it's important to point out that when they invented the CubeSat, they invented the cube part, the specs that you need to follow when you want to make your own CubeSat. It doesn't tell you what needs to be inside the satellite. It just tells you what and how it needs to be contained if you want to send it into space. Now, what kind of research has actually been done with CubeSats in space? CubeSats have done so much. For many countries, the CubeSat was their first ever satellite. That includes Colombia, Switzerland, Hungary, Vietnam and more. When you're seeing imagery on the news, say, of Ukraine or a natural disaster somewhere, it will often say images by Planet. Planet put a telescope on lots of CubeSats, and now there are 
super successful company. CubeSats have been deployed by NASA to study the moon. There was the Marco Mars CubeSat 1, which was the first interplanetary CubeSat. There are even CubeSat rideshare companies now. I visited one in San Luis Obispo called Maverick Space Systems. So if you want to get your CubeSat into space, they'll find you a ride on, say, you know, the Rocket Lab or SpaceX rockets. Wow. Do we know just how many have been sent into space? So it's estimated about 2,000 CubeSats have been launched over the last 20 years, but the industry has grown so much. On average, it's expected that more than 300 CubeSats will be launched every year from now until 2029. So we've talked about the legacy of the CubeSat. Any idea what's next for this technology? For me, when I think about the future, I think about what the CubeSat has actually done for the industry, and that's all about access. If you have an idea or are a small startup, you can probably make it happen because of the CubeSat. Before the CubeSat, satellites would cost a few billion dollars to build. Today, you're looking at as little as $200,000 for a CubeSat. Also, you used to need huge buildings and facilities to build satellites. Now you can just build a CubeSat on a tabletop and, you know, take it in some carry-on luggage. And they solved the original problem. At universities across the country, because CubeSat labs now exist all over the U.S., students are finally getting their hands on actual space hardware. I'll leave Jordi Pugswari with a last thought about the impact. Nobody believed these things could do anything when we started. But we were okay because we, we wanted to train students and that's all, all that we needed. The thing that was very interesting is that those same people were building CubeSats a few years later. Michelle Loxton is host and producer of The 101, a podcast out of KCLU in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you.